Last week, we opened up with our Hamilton, uh, the initial track that's Alexander Hamilton, but we focused on the question that was asked in the beginning. It's what's your name? And last week we wrote our name down. For me, I was favored. Um, I seen some people saying, I am redeemed. I am uh, Slim Shady. Um, <laughs> Brittany. But, um, but, <laughs> but we wrote our names down and we really focused on that. But this week, I, I want to um, kind of focus in on a track. It's two tracks combined, but a track on that particular soundtrack of this Broadway play, Hamilton. It's, it's history has his eyes on you. And who lives, who dies, who tells your story? I, these are my favorite. And so I'm pretty excited about preaching this. And so let me set the stage for all of you heathens who have not watched uh, Hamilton. All right. And so <laughs> you're not heathens. You're just not relevant. All right. I'm just that ain't good. You're not cultured. That's the word I'm looking for. Thanks, honey. Cultured. Pastor loves you. That makes everything better. All right. But in this particular act, and I want you to know, spoiler alert if you have not watched it. But in this particular act, uh, General George Washington has a moment with Alexander Hamilton where he talks to him about all the errors that he made in his command of the armies of America. And he begins to tell him about how he's led men into slaughter and how he uh, lost a bunch of battles because of, of his command and he wasn't leading them correctly and it was all his mistakes. This conversation takes a unique spin and it climaxes with Washington telling Hamilton, history has his eyes on you, son. History is watching what you're doing. This essentially was telling him to be aware that what he does now will be judged by the future. All of us can relate with that. What we do now will be judged by the future. Psalms 147, 145 verse 4 says this, one generation shall commend your works to another. You see the dynamics here. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. One generation shall declare your works to another. And so we need to understand that what we're doing now, people are going to talk about. What we establish today, people are going to talk about, and it's called legacy. What is your legacy? All of us should be concerned about the legacy. I have a, a saying, you know, some people, I, I don't understand how they go to the beach and they go to these beach cities rolling, you know, dressed like you going to the beach. I mean, just shop, just shop, casket shop, you know, just 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 go to the beach and, and they go they go to these towns, but they never go to the beach. Or they never touch sand. I always tell people, if I'm going to go to the beach, they're going to know I've been there. I'm digging holes. I'm putting footprints all in the sand. I'm building castles. I'm burying people. When I get back in my car, all the sand from the beach is going to be in my car. Why? Because I want to be remembered that I was there. And so uh, the sand is only a nuisance when the memory is bad. And so when you see it, it reminds you of the good time. When you get in the car, you see that leftover sand. You're like, man, you remember we went to the beach, babe? You know, I mean, we had fun at the beach. So 
Here's a statement. I want you to write this down. Winston Churchill said this. History will be kind to me for I intend to write it. History will be kind to me for I intend to write my history. Whether you know it or not, you are writing a history book with your life. You're writing a history book with your life. The novel of your life will be the legacy that you leave behind for the people that you are in uh, influential relationships with and who are influenced by your life. That's the story that's been written. Second Corinthians three, two, Paul writes this to the church at Corinth. He says, you yourselves are letters of recommendation or living epistles written on our hearts to be known and read by who? To be known and read by who? I told y'all, in Creole, all means all. That's how you say it, all. I mean, it's, hey, all, you know, we say, all. And you know, it's just those words that mean the same thing in every language. And so it is all, but many people live their lives like there's no tomorrow. This is rooted in a consumer, me first mentality that our culture has. Think about this. When you come to the house of God, you want the pastor to work. Look, I decided a few years ago, man, look, when I first started preaching, Nicole, you remember this. I used to have to keep a change of clothes in my office because I, I, we had two services and I was swept through my first service clothes. Then I have to go in there and put on some more clothes. I preached hard. Oh, God, you go get it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> I ought to do my best. <laughs> my best to keep my composure. Y'all make us work hard. And I realized what was happening is people were coming into the, into the house of God to be moved instead of to move. And so they come to church with the consumer mentality. God, what are you going to give to me? But when we should come to the house of God, this is why worship should be explosive every Sunday because it's an opportunity to say, God, what can I give you? Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the verses of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, message version. It is the least you can do. It is us giving it our lives back to God. And so we can't have a consumer mentality. We got to come in and say, God, we're going to be distributors of your anointing. Look at the person next to you and say, what are you holding back? Come on, look at your second choice. Say, what are you holding back? Holding back. What are you holding back? It's because we want to be storehouses and not distribution centers. And so we're storing up and we're robbing our family. We're robbing our friends. We're robbing our culture of a story that can change everything. History has its eyes on you. You know, think about this. We have reverse mortgages. I remember when they first came out, I was in the industry, right, Ashley? When, you remember when the reverse mortgages came out? I remember sitting at my desk on, uh, at the north gates of LSU campus, and uh, I was sitting at my desk, and it was reverse mortgages come out, and I was like, really? So we going to leave our kids debt now? The goal used to be to pay your house off. Now it's like, I'm going to take everything I can while I'm living and leave the people behind to deal with it. 
That's our generation. We want to consume everything right now without thinking about tomorrow or thinking about the people that has to come behind us. I live my life in such a way. If I've been there, I ask people this when they come and say, you know, Pastor Avanti, you got you got to get ready for this. They'll come and say, Pastor, my season is up at this church. I think I'm done. I ask them a few questions. I say, hey, is the church better because you were there? Did you give 100 percent the whole time you were there? And did you change lives while you were there? If you can answer those three, yes, your season may be up because you fulfill purpose. It's because what we leave behind. But we have people that say, I'm leaving church, giving my toys and everything, and I'm gone, too. And they don't get let everybody start over. There's a whole generation that says, uh, especially in African-American culture, uh, we had a generation was you got to go through what I went through. And so we saw perpetual poverty because every generation was starting up. My people of a lighter hue, this is what's happening in the African-American community. We had parents that said, if I had to struggle, you need to struggle too. But how many of you know we're changing that narrative? My kids ain't got to struggle. Come on. The struggle is over. The curse is over. And they know it. They remind me. My daughter called me the other day. Dad, can you renew my Benny's car wash thing? I'm like, what in the world? If I would have called my daddy with that, he would have slapped me through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then I use my famous line now. You graduated. You grown. You pay your own now. You know. <laughs> Amen. But the cat comes back the very next day. They don't stay gone too long. Come on. Martin Luther King says this, Dr. Martin Luther King. He says, a man who does not have something to live for, which he, are will- which he is willing to die for, have yet to begin to live. Are you willing to die for the future generation? Write this down. Our existence is not for ourselves but it is to add value to others. I don't exist for me. I don't. You don't exist for you. It's, it's, what sense would it have made for the GOAT, Michael Jordan? I know some of you LeBron fans felt that in your Noah. <laughs> but Jordan is still the GOAT. I'm sorry. Um, the man ain't played in years. His shoe's still selling for $300. Good God Almighty. He's the GOAT. And so, but... What sense would it have made for Jordan to just dunk in his backyard? Think about it. What sense would it make for Saints fans, Drew Brees, to never have thrown a touchdown in the Superdome? It wouldn't have made any sense, would it? We would have never, never got to experience that, and those things would have not have been etched in our hearts. What sense would it have made for Joe Burrow and the 2019 LSU Tigers? To not have played on Saturdays. It wouldn't have made sense. And they would have been talking about, we were the greatest team to ever exist. You never played a game. We never saw it. We never understood. And so when we live our lives in a way where we hide what God is doing through us, we're robbing people of the chance of history in the making. Come on, you are history in the making. Play the game in the public. Don't just play it behind doors. Come on, let your faith be on blast. Believe God bigger. Run after God bigger. Love harder. Go after people. Embrace more people. Tell more people about Jesus. Write a story that people want to read. Come on. Paul writes to the church at Philippi in the second chapter, verse three through four. He says, don't do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. 
but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of who? Y'all, can I be honest? Sometimes I can be selfish. Oh, don't you look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> Anchor Online family, I see you. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. You know you selfish too. Especially on them days where you're tired. You go to the, all I want to do is go get some coffee. That's all I want to do is go get some coffee. But somebody always going to run up. Pass that beats. And I'll be like, y'all, I ain't, look, I ain't, look, I'm trying to be perfected. I ain't got it all together, y'all. I'm like trying to sneak in racetrack, get my little coffee. I'm grinding. I, literally, the other day, I'm in there getting my coffee, hazelnut, boom, uh, small, boom, leave room for the creamer, boom, there we go, boom, it's in, you know, looking around, just sit. somebody yell out, pits! I roll my eyes like this. Hey, how you doing, sister? God bless you. <laughs> you know, because I got to be the pastor right away, you know, and I'm like, my coffee getting cold by the time they finish talking. I didn't pray for that cat that's dying. I didn't pay, pray for everything. And the, and the lady behind the counter, she know me. She was laughing. She was like, you can, you cannot just get out of here. I'm like, yeah, but that's the life I chose. I chose to live my life for others, not me. So I, I repent, y'all. I go, Lord, I repent for rolling my eyes. <laughs> y'all know y'all do the same thing, and y'all probably act up on it. At least I go along with it. Y'all probably go, hey, I got to go. I got to get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got a kid in the car. The window rolled up. My dog in there dying, you know? <laughs> y'all laughing because you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> Listen. The people we deem as heroes in our lives um, all live their lives in an extraordinary way. Yeah. Everyone we deem a hero lived their lives in an extraordinary way. And it affected the people that experienced their lives. All of our heroes lived in an extraordinary way. They didn't accept average. They didn't do normal. They didn't do uh, mediocre. But they did something to push the envelope to make this world better. Don't you know your call? To make this world better. Yeah. You're dispatched out of eternity into time to bring something that did not exist in time. That time could be better because you existed. Yeah. I don't want to get to the end of my life and not have made an imprint on the hearts of people that experienced my life. Yes, well, my children know that dad, you know, it, it's I don't want them to cry at the funeral because I hurt them. I want them to cry because they miss me. Who wants to make an impact in your lifetime? Well, history has its eyes. Oh, that means nothing to you, high rolling. Whoa. You need to check it out, man. You need to check it out. I'm telling you, bro. I'm trying to get an endorsement. Y'all tripping. Look, we can determine. There's, <laughs> there's a line in this particular Broadway play in that song. Alisa was trying to help me out with it. How, how does it go, Alisa? Where's Riley? I know she. Let me tell you what I wish I'd Yeah, that's it. 
Gen Z, baby. <laughs> Gen Z, they got it down pat. Come on, say it louder. Ready? Go. Let me tell you what I wish I'd known. Mm-hmm. When I was young, you had no control. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story? All right. <laughs> so when I first heard that, I couldn't get through the rest of the play. I was, I was stunned. I, I was taken back. He was like, I, don't, I, I can't determine who's going to tell my story. See, we, we can't determine who tells our story, but we can determine what story they tell. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell who's going to talk about Pitts after he's gone, but I can, tell the, I can write the story that they're going to tell later in life. See, even when we don't know, people are watching us. That experience tells the story that will be repeated in the years to come. Psalm 78, 3 through 4 says this. We've heard true stories from our fathers about our rich heritage. We, we will continue to tell our children and not hide from the, ra- the rising, the raising generation, the great marvels of who? His miracles and his powers that have brought us all this far. We come this far by faith and we cannot hide that. Don't hide all the hell you've been through because it brings glory to your father that's in heaven. When you're walking through something, put your shoulder. I tell my kids this all the time and they never know why I tell them this. They'll walk and I say, shoulders back, chin up. You walk through life. Don't you let people see you down when you're on the court. When my daughter's playing volleyball, when they were playing volleyball, I always tell them, pick your head up. Come on, shake it off. Why? Because you don't know, you don't want people to see you beat down. They want to see your joyful disposition because you have joy in what you're doing. It's contagious and affect, it will infect and affect everyone in your sphere of influence. It is a story that you're writing. As followers of Jesus, we should allow our lives to tell of the glory of God. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. He says, let your light shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Glorify who? Glorify who? That's why you need to see your good works. Do, that's why we do good works. My good works is not my faith, but my faith sparks my good works. And so when I have faith in God, I, have not, I don't have a choice but to serve the poor, the widow, the orphan, to, to carry out Matthew uh, chapter 25. It's alive in our hearts, and we have to carry it out. We have the responsibility that our good works glorify God so the generations will not forget his goodness. We've robbed a generation of knowing who God is. I remember my grandmother, God rest her soul, Odell Cato, man, beautiful woman, loved the Lord with all of her heart. I remember uh, going to her house every day at three o'clock. We had to go in the living room and have Bible study and prayer service. And she would tell us about the struggles that they had coming from Haiti to America and and couldn't speak their language out. And she would just tell us, but she would always end with this, but God, but God. And she made sure that all of the grandkids knew the story 
that the generations and, and we pass it on down and we, we tell the other kids about it and we keep perpetuating that story because I never want to forget how good God was because if I forget how good he was, I won't know how good he is. Amen. And I can't show forth his glory. So my question to you this morning is this question to you. Those of you online, those of you who are present. My question to you is this. What is the story they're going to tell about you? Come on, gaze, ponder, think. Let me let me channel my inner inner our city or hall. Things that make you go, hmm. Thirty five and older, yeah. All y'all young people like Arsenio Hall. Who is that? (laughs) How will your history be told? So let me hit you with a, I made this word up this week, oxymoronic statement. It's real because I said it. God spoke it. I, I, I made it in his image. It's real. Don't, don't look it up. All right. Axiomoronic statement. So what your future history will tell you? Who wants to know? I've been to the future. I'm back. I'm back from the future. And I'm here to tell you what your future, hi- future history will tell you. Number one, it'll tell you what you do today will be evaluated tomorrow. What you do, what you do today will be evaluated Tomorrow, how are you raising your kids? How are you governing yourself? How are you working on your job? How are you taking care of your spouse? How are you serving the Lord right now? It will be evaluated by the eyes of tomorrow. That's that statement. History has its eyes on you. History is happening right now. How will they tell your story? So I'll tell you this. Make today count. Don't waste a moment. Do something today that will change tomorrow. We have a whole generation right now that is that is ablaze. And I, I believe that we're living in a powder keg of hope. All we need to do is light the fuse anchor and we can change the world. We're living examples of what God wants to do in our generation by, by demonstrating. I can't say this enough, a multi-ethnic expression of the heart of God in our generation. The show that black, whites, Hispanic, it doesn't matter, young, old, rich, poor can come together and glorify God and change the world. Do you hear me, anchor? Make an impact in the world today. So what you do today will be evaluated tomorrow. Your future history also tells you the seeds you plant today is tomorrow's harvest. Let me say this. Give more than you receive. So yesterday, my lawn guy came over. He was cutting the grass. And uh, he's my best friend. He's watching online. But uh, he was cutting the grass. And and uh, I got some dead spots in my yard, and, and I found my, my seed caster. And I was like, hey, look, I'm going to go cast some seeds. He said, what you got? I said, man, I, I'm going to buy some of this. He said, no, nah, I got some for you. He went to his truck. He brought some seeds out, and he poured the seeds uh, in, the, um, in the caster. And he said, hey, look, it's going to spark spray out uh, more than you need, more seed than grass. And he said the reason it does that because it has to kill all the unhealthy things and make sure that all the healthy things grow. And so he said, you're always going to throw out more than you need. How many of you know we serve El Shaddai? That means more than enough. 
And so God is more than enough. Give more than you receive. Don't don't just always take, 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 take. Make a deposit in the earth. Your life is a seed. Your life is a seed. Touch yourself and say, I'm a seed. Inside of you lies a harvest for the next generation. God will plant you in the earth. He has planted you into time to blossom. Make more deposits than withdrawals. Make more deposits. Pour in others. Anchor, that's what we're doing. We want to pour into our community where God has us. We want to make more deposits because history will tell the story of Anchor. I can't determine who's going to tell that story, but I can determine what story they're going to tell by Anchor. And they will say, We chased after the heart of God. And the last one is this. Your future history will tell you, you can create a better tomorrow by how you live today. Who wants a better tomorrow? My YouTube algorithm is jacked up, man. You would think that, man, they're getting ready to bomb everything by my YouTube. If you go on my YouTube, it's always doom and gloom. I told Kevin to help me break. I tried to miss the beast thing, but he he couldn't crack the code, man. Only time it gets disrupted is on Sunday mornings because everybody church service pop up on my YouTube. <laughs> but during the week, I turn it on and I'm looking at the world and, and I'm like, how did we end up here? How did we end up here? I thought we were starting to pull together and, and, and man, we started seeing harmony and peace and unity amongst the brethren. But now we're more fractured than we've ever been, Lord. How did we divide ourselves along party lines? I can't love you because you didn't vote like me. I can't hang out with you because you don't look like me. Guys, don't you know, I want to tell you this. Be the solution to the problem that your heart identified. If it bothers you, that means the answer is in you. Don't be afraid. Gird up your loins. Put on your, 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 the, the, the helmet of salvation, the, blessed, the breastplate of righteousness. Gird across your loins of truth. Put on some G-Nikes, the gospel of the preparation, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel. Pull out the sword of the spirit. Pull out your shield of faith and go to war to change the world. Do I have any world changers in here? We're here to change the world. I don't want to be a church that just exists. I want to be a church that makes an impact. I want to be a church that changes lives. I want to be a church that just not cute online. I don't want to be a church that just do good services. I want to be a church that changes cultures. When we go into communities, they're better. When we go into communities, lives are changed. People do a 180 for Jesus. When we show up anchor, we anchor people and we show them that Jesus is the hope of the world. Come on, Anchor Chapel. So in conclusion, Psalm 78, verse 6 through 7. Verse 6 says that the next generation might know them. The children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children. So that they should set their what? Where? That they set their hope? Where? That they set their hope? Where? We reversed that and went, and, and that's, God showed me this scripture. And he said, this is the problem with our generation. 
We've told them all kind of self-help ways, how to make your family, seven ways to get your family right, three ways to do this. If you turn around seven times, you're coming out. We shouted, we jumped, we praised, we did everything, but we did not teach them that if you don't put your hope in Jesus, everything is dung. It's empty. It's vain. He said, and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. So in conclusion, I thought I was going to be preacher preaching right here, but I'm tired. Anchor Chapel, those of you who are peeping in from the peripheral, do me a favor. Just look around the room. Look at every empty seat, including the ones that's in front of you. I want you to see every empty seat. I want you to look at it. Look at the seat. I declared that this would be one of the last few times that you see empty seats at anchor. Because we're getting ready to go on an all-out assault on the kingdom of darkness. And we're going after the loss. Come on, those of you online, it's time for you to get back in the army. It's cool watching online, but it's something about joining hands with your brother in a foxhole. So what am I telling you? Walk on water. <laughs> Build an altar like Abraham. Get ready to sacrifice what's valuable to you. Step into a furnace and say, even if he don't, he's still God. Whatever you have to do, have faith in God. And I promise you, history will tell the story of you. He'll tell the story of you. And uh, we, we, we're not going to preach this, but there's another line. And it says, it says, the story of tonight. There's a story that God wants to tell about Anchor, and it's happening right now. Shout now. We have faith, and don't miss out on his story. Not your story, but his story. We're telling the story of Jesus. So as Anchor, <laughs> we're walking on water. We're walking on water. Hey, look, y'all thought I was crazy before. Y'all don't even understand right now. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm out my mind. As the young folks, I'm out my body right now. I am, I am totally, whew. Kevin said, you're going to get crazy? I was like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I'm getting ready to believe. I'm believing. I already started yesterday. I started talking to God. I was like, God, I need that and that too. And that and that too. Why do I need it? Because I need to reach people. There's people that I'm tired of seeing broken people and we have the answer. We have the answer. And God called us to be world changers, Anchor. And so guys, shout this. Say history. Here I come. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a history maker. Come on, say you're a history maker. Tell them, tell them. Come on, prophesy to them. Tell them you're a history maker. You're a history maker. Now, Thank you for faith. joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.